Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing our journey through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. This time talking about Chapter 6, the noble and most ancient House of Black. Ooh, sounds important. Eh. Eh, okay. <laughs> they do a lot of cleaning. Yeah, that's pretty much cleaning and talking. Uh, before we get into Chapter 6, let's talk about Chapter 5. Re- quick recap of The Order of the Phoenix from the book, Harry uh, Potter. You're going to recap the, the whole book? Nope. Chapter 5, it's dinner time. After the big Order of the Phoenix meeting, Harry and Sirius bond over their feelings of isolation and being both being a bit upset with Dumbledore. Sirius decides that Harry deserves to have some of his questions answered. Molly Weasley is not pleased at all about this. Or several other things. Molly and Sirius get into a spat over which one of them has Harry's best interests in mind. But Sirius wins out and the Order begin to answer Harry's questions. We learn that Voldemort hasn't really been making any big moves, but he is searching for some big weapon. Ooh. Like a bazooka? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Or a tank. Ooh. They could get a tank. Magical tank. And Cornelius Fudge... And is trying to dis- discredit Dumbledore at every turn using the Daily Prophet as one of his big tools. And we get into Chapter 6 today, the noble and most ancient House of Black. You had some comments about this one after you read it. Comments like... About one of the new characters we meet. Oh, the racist uh, elf? Yeah. Who's <laughs> <laughs> probably also homophobic and transphobic and... You think J.K. Rowling writ- wrote Creature with self in mind? Ooh. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's what she meant. No. She didn't become transphobic until later. Yeah. I don't, maybe something happened. We don't know. And I don't know if she really... I don't know if she really is or if she's just not good with, like... For somebody who's good at writing might not be really good with their words are really good with social media. <laughs> Actually, a lot of writers are introverts. A lot of geniuses are. Don't do just well. Weirdos. <laughs> like, I went to that signing last night, and it was the author whose book was out, and she was being, like, interviewed by another author, and they both just basically sat there about how, talking about how they hated to be in crowds and talk to people mm-hmm. and be seen, and they just prefer staying in their office and playing with fictional characters. A lot of geniuses are just weird people i mean <laughs> just really really odd people you know i always you know you you know my love of prince the singer he was a weird dude weird guy yeah <laughs> michael jackson weird dude yeah you know uh who was it uh was it da vinci the one that cut his ear off or was that who was the van gogh van gogh I'm just thinking that because that tour that was here. I'm sure if if it wasn't Da Vinci, he probably like cut a finger off or something like that. Cut something off. So you know, we don't even really know if I don't. The I honestly, smarter you are, the more things you cut off. Yeah, I guess. And, and social media is such a bad place to to be. Just yeah, just in general. Don't. So uh, yeah, we don't know if if who J.K. Rowling had in mind when she wrote the character of creature. But we're going to meet uh, just a hateful, hateful house elf in this chapter. Uh, we know that we're in the home of the family with the last name Black. And I have a hard time of saying, 
when I was doing my notes, I wanted to just write the Black family. <laughs> yes. But that seemed really wrong to me to, to write <laughs> that, and even more wrong for me to say it. Yeah. So if you hear me saying the family with the last name Black, and you see, kind of seems like I'm tiptoeing around what I'm trying to say, I am. Yeah. I am most definitely. But we're in the family. We're in the house of the family with the last name Black. Uh, something just feels wrong about saying, you know, Later on, we see the family tree, and we say the black family tree. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm being overly cautious here, or just being uh, looking too much into it. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> This just coming in over the wire, in case you just heard, we are still under a cough warning. Sorry. And probably will be for the foreseeable future. Yes, definitely. I, I'm just figuring most the, the rest of the summer, at least. Well, let's get into uh, Chapter 6. Like we said, we're in the home of the family with the last name Black. And we're going to learn a lot about that family tree of that family with the last name Black, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Now that you pointed it out, I can't, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just. You were just going to go black, the black family. The black family. No. I don't know. Serious's family? Can we just call him Serious's family? Yeah, we can say Serious's family. There we go. All the kids are sent to bed. Molly doesn't want them talking about anything. Just go to bed. Go to bed. Make sure you do not talk. So, does Molly really think this is going to be able to keep the new knowledge that. Some of the kids have learned in the last chapter from being passed around to the rest. No, but there's so much going on that she can't control, so she's going to try. I can control this. She's going to try. You ain't going to say anything before you wake up tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to go in that room, lay down, close your eyes, and keep your mouths shut. Tell you what, you might spread that uh, the news around what you learned in the last chapter, but you ain't going to do it tonight. Not tonight. That's one thing I can control. Uh, kind of a throwaway moment, but when Ron and Harry go to their room, the book notes that the people in the paintings are all asleep as well. And the boys get dressed into their pajamas. And I've always known that the people in the paintings like fall asleep and take naps and, and things like that, but I never really thought about it until now. Are, are these paintings just always looking at you? So, like, what if you're getting dressed in the morning? Do you have a wall full of dead pe dog people, dead people just staring at you? Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, they can leave their paintings and go to other places. Like you the think they go, oh, oh, you're, you're, you're getting dressed. I'm going to go. step out. So they're not going to go see the painting in the other room. They're not always there. Sometimes they are asleep, but also they're not like the real person. So it's like the um, the memories are loaded mm -hmm. in of Superman's parent father. You know, mm -hmm. it's not really them, but you could talk to them, and they know what's kind of going on. But that's not really them. They're not a real person. But didn't they have that? Uh Sir Galahad, dude, like Garden, the Griffin. yeah, yeah. But he it's said fine. he's not a real, not a real dude. He's like, not a real so dude. How could he provide any protection for anything? He can't. I think it was just more like an alarm system. He could go tell other people, real people, that there was something going on. But you can interact with these paintings. Yes. But they're not real people. They're not the people they were. Later, he talks about. Um, like if his mother really knew, Sirius as talks about if his mother really knew what was going on in this house, as opposed to just the painting knowing, mm -hmm. like they were two different people, but I know she, the painting is not a real people. Just say it's magic, babe. It's magic, babe. Harry is talking to Ron about Voldemort. And even before Harry can finish the word Voldemort, <laughs> Ron flinches. And we know that there's only a few people 
that seemed comfortable saying Voldemort's name. Uh, Harry, Dumbledore, Sirius says it, right? I think so. I want. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, there was a third person, so I, I think it's Sirius. There's only a few people that really feel comfortable saying Voldemort's name, and Harry is is fully aware that Ron doesn't like hearing it. But Harry notices Ron being uncomfortable halfway through saying Voldemort's name, and Harry goes ahead and finishes the word anyway. Like, with emphasis. So is Harry... What's Harry doing here? Is he, like, trying to desensitize Ron to hearing Voldemort's name? I mean, is Harry just frustrated that people are, like, seemingly being so wimpy about hearing it, and he's just trying to... Oh, he's like, oh, get over it. He's got a name. It's, it doesn't give him any power to say it. Why does Harry kind of come out when he sees that it makes Ron uncomfortable to like help comfort his best friend? Wouldn't he like tiptoe around that a little bit or be a, a little less eager to, to say it out loud? It's almost like he was kind of saying it, saying Voldemort's name like out of like, dude, get over it. You know, what? what's going on here? Yeah, I kind of got that feeling, too. I forget what he says, like, right afterwards about... He does make a comment about when are you going to start saying his name. Um, and I get it. Like, I... Kind of, you know, what's a good word? What is word? What is good word? <laughs> I can think of word, but not word but, we can use. But, um, I can be kind of sassy. And I would do it just out of spite because it would. You can be sassy. I can be sassy. What? That's breaking news to me. And I would probably feel the same way. Like, oh, get over it. You know, you like your one of your favorite phrases is "suck it up." Suck it up. <laughs> I was like, rub some dirt in it. <laughs> One of your favorite phrases is suck it up. Suck it up. Yes. And I, like, just the fact that I think that Voldemort would be like, haha, they can't even say my name. <laughs> I'd be like, Voldemort, Voldemort, Voldemort. Because I wouldn't want to give him that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Even if he was completely terrifying. So I'd be annoyed, you know, like Harry's kind of being annoyed. But at the same time, they just have totally different experiences with the name. And I do kind of feel sorry for Ron because he kind of got, he didn't, he was a baby. So he didn't witness it all firsthand because he's the same age as Harry. Mm -hmm. And Harry doesn't really remember anything. But Ron kind of had, since he was a child, it's been ingrained into him that Mm -hmm. this no, and he grew up no, in that world. Yeah, nobody, nobody says I'm this. sure this, he had his It's like his hearing parents, stories about the boogeyman your whole life. His parents had friends that didn't survive, or maybe they even had other relatives that didn't survive, and he still hears those stories. You know, it's <clears throat> where Ron didn't actually face him himself, but he still is surrounded by that. And Harry's had more personal encounters with Voldemort, so you would think that maybe he would be a little bit more taken back or, or a little more put off by by Voldemort just because of he's seen how scary he is in person and been yeah, hurt but personally he, by he's him. He's won every time, so And there's there's that. There's the fact that Harry has kind of gotten over on Voldemort a few times. Mm-hmm. And he's seen some chinks in the armor of of Voldemort. And so that kind of makes him a little less makes Voldemort a little less scary to Harry. <laughs> scary to Harry. Uh, but then there's also the fact, like what I just said a second ago, is that Harry did not spend the first 10, 11 years of his life yeah. hearing stories about the boogeyman. He didn't even know who he was right. until... I mean, he just kind of got thrown into a room with the boogeyman and then beat the boogeyman several times. So yeah. that kind of takes a lot of the, the power that uh, Voldemort might have over Harry uh, as far as fear goes. But like I said, I was just, you know, I just kind of wondered... If, is Harry's just trying to, like you said, just get Ron to suck it up, like you say on a daily basis <laughs> to me? Suck it up, Ron. Um, I, you said that to me when I had COVID, I think. <laughs> suck it up. Get out of bed. 
Come outside. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to lay in bed. I'm so sick. I've never been more sick in my life. But you, those are not the actual you, words you, I used, but yeah, you used, we can't you repeat used some, those words. Some naughty words that <laughs> I wanted you to get off your butt and get yeah, you used get some, up. Some mo- it was your form of motivation. Was, you can't you just lay around. Naughty words to get me out of. You gotta uh, get up. Get gotta work the lungs. <laughs> I was so sick, and then we laid outside in lawn chairs. You were sick as well. Should, should I say it wasn't like you, you know. You didn't know what I was going through. You were very sick as well, but you're the the more uh, suck it up of the two. Yeah, I'm the more I'll suck it up, lay and wallow. <laughs> Somebody had to carry Batman outside and then cling to the fence and try and breathe. You're the Harry. I'm the Ron. <laughs> there you go. You get ready to say bold. Uh, I go. Ah! I'll suck it up. There you go. Uh, Fred and George apparate into Ron and Harry's room, and the discussion turns to what big weapon Voldemort is looking for. Who has it? What is it? The bazooka. No, the tank. Where is it being kept? What does it do? And then there's some talk about the size of the weapon. I think Ron Ron said something like, or I I think it was Ron, said something like, well, if it's that powerful and important, it's got to be really big. Mm -hmm. But the 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 discussion kind of turns to like a, th- a little throwaway line that caught my attention. It was by George, who said that, and you're dancing right now. Yes, you're excited. because you don't even know this stuff because you didn't read the books yet. And this is like a whole thing. Insinuating that although Jenny is the smallest of the, the Weasley clan and small in stature, she's coming along as a pretty powerful witch, isn't she? Yes. That's all I'm getting. So every time I set you up for a discussion <laughs> here, and you've been yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that line because there's other little hints throughout that we'll We're get to. We're doing a podcast too. here, by the way. It's kind of like a back and forth. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of uh-huh. toss you the the ball and you you hit it. Yeah, but I don't want to get into spoilers. Okay. So I'm always afraid to talk too much because I know too much. Um, but yeah, no, I love this little line that they threw in there about Jenny. And I don't know if you remember. So we were doing a trivia. And the question was, how many brothers does Ron have? Mm-hmm. And both Anastasia and I knew that. There were seven kids, because Jenny's the seventh, and you had to take away Jenny, you had to take away Ron, and there was five. We both calculated it that way, rather than go, Percy, Fred, George, and went that way. Because there's this whole thing in books, mythology, whatever you want to call it, about the seventh. It's supposed to be the seventh son is special and magical and powerful, but Jenny wasn't a son so i think that's kind of making everybody think oh we didn't get a seventh son so or you know she's not extra powerful because she's a girl but you know why i like to debunk all that nowadays well things slow down a bit in the story uh because the next day there's about 20 pages of harry hermione and the weasley's just cleaning the house yes very dangerous cleaning though yeah, but do we really need to go this in-depth about the maid work that's being done here? Probably not. No, no. And this was my problem with the last book. Is that some things that... And I understand you want to... You want to display the, the, the wizarding world. You want to show that even house cleaning, you know, is can be dangerous, can be eventful, can be magical however a lot of it is just it just seems like kind of filler to me yeah and on reading this this time um you know the way we've kind of been taking everything apart i kind of felt like it didn't fit either like we've already discussed that molly is not a amateur witch she's very powerful and good at what she does and one of the things she really excels at is house work spells she's kind of really had to apply herself to that having seven children 
how many uh, crazy kids she's had. And I get that this is like a hardcore infestation. Like this house has really been let go or intentionally infested. Who knows? Um, but I just kind of feel like she shouldn't have any problems with this. She could like do this real quick. Maybe she's just trying to keep the kids busy. But I don't know. And then also, I know it's Dumbledore, but there are... Later, you might remember the scene from the movie, but there's a room that's been trashed and Dumbledore just kind of waves his wand and makes everything go back to the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's no way to just kind of make this easier. You have to use the spray. You know, there is a there was a line in the last chapter that you just made me think of, though, where the twins were trying to use magic to get like a tray from the kitchen to the table and Molly kind of chastised them for that and the twins were like why this is so much easier to just do it this way and Molly was kind of trying to show them that you don't need to use magic for everything for every little thing yeah. and maybe and maybe there's like a lesson in there you know maybe there's a yeah you could do it but you know, maybe, maybe there's, you know, some character building there in doing it by hand. And I don't know. I don't know. Just if you have like a machine that like does everything for you, but some people prefer to to do it, you know, themselves. I, I don't know. It It's just I'm just kind of trying to relate it to something in our world. But she did have that line in the last chapter. So maybe this is kind of an extension of that. Maybe like washing your car. You could take it and drive through one of the mm -hmm. automatic car washes, or you could go out there and you could do it yourself, but mm -hmm. you kind of, you know, you get to spend the time outside in the fresh air, maybe get some sun, mm -hmm. and then you feel proud of what you did. Mm -hmm. You don't get pride for your clean car because you drove through mm -hmm. a car wash. Or like changing, changing your oil in your car, or like, you know, cleaning your gutters out, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. You could just pay somebody to do it, but there, I, I mean... For me, at least, there is a little bit of personal satisfaction from, you know, do, doing something yourself and doing it correctly. That's my biggest problem is that I'm willing to do it myself. I just don't know if I could do everything correctly. <laughs> Some things I do need help with. But, you know, maybe maybe that's kind of part of the, the cleaning montage that we've got here. I feel like... Maybe that is part of it, but I think also it's she's just kind of keeping the kids busy mm -hmm. and in front of her. Mm -hmm. She knows what they're doing, what they're not doing, what they're saying, what they're not saying, kind of, because they're having a conversation right behind her back. But, um, and it, I mean, it also kind of gives them a stake in the house as well, mm -hmm. the, the place that they're going to be holed up for a while. You know, you should have some kind of investment in it you know it's just like when when we we're kids and we had to do chores mm -hmm. you know if we're going to be in this house you should invest something into making the house better or even like you like this is a temporary thing like if you were going camping well you know your job is to unload the car and set up the table or get the chairs out or your job is this you know just so that you're participating but again for kids it's also about Keeping them. My job is to make the s'mores. Like you make the, the hot dogs I like too. To make the s'mores. Uh, Mundungus Fletcher shows back up and has a bunch of stolen cauldrons in tow. Oh. Uh, this sets off Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and Molly already doesn't like. No, Mundungus this was this was anyway. a bad idea. And while this verbal beatdown is going on, we meet creature. <laughs> I love. The twins talking about, oh no, they're letting her get her get in stride. Mm -hmm. You gotta cut her gotta off. Cut her you gotta off. distract her. <laughs> like this is gonna go on forever. You gotta, you gotta. It just, it just, it just builds up. Mm -hmm. It just builds up. You gotta cut it off quick. But the idea that they're, you know, in trouble so much that they know how to manipulate their mother's anger. Mm -hmm. We call it in, in education. We call it de-escalate. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's what they're doing. No. Uh, that's just them trying to redirect. Yeah, I, I, I redirect all the time. So 
while this is going on, like I said, we meet Creature, the house elf. And I'm trying really hard not to call him the black house elf or the black family house elf. The resident house elf? <laughs> he is the house elf. He's just the house he elf. He is the house elf for the family with the last name Black. Uh, what do we know about Creature at this point, and how is he different from the other house elves we've met? He's ancient. He's old. He's gross looking. <laughs> um, the, the description of him was not very pleasant. Mm-hmm. And Hermione is convinced that he doesn't know that he's speaking aloud. It's like the old, like the old guy at the uh, at the nursing home, just, just say, sitting there grumbling just and saying, r- saying racist stuff. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, he's old; he doesn't know better." He's like, "I know exactly what I'm saying." <laughs> That's a creature. Creatures like, "I know what I'm saying." I love how Harry was like he he was tempted to laugh. He was like, "This is hilarious! This little creature running around." But he's saying things like, you know, like. Fil- like like Draco would say, like filthy mm-hmm. mudbloods, and he's calling the kids brats and just just blood all, traitors, yeah, and... just all kinds of just hateful stuff. Oh, if if the mis- the mistress, they say uh, the, the mistress. mistress, if the mistress knew that that you were in her house, oh oh, what horror! Yeah, well, we've already established that Sirius's family was hardcore into the. Pure blood mm-hmm. mania. And we're going to learn a little bit more about that in a couple minutes, too. And, you know, I don't want to go into, well, that's the way he was raised. But it is. And he talks about, like, what was it, like four centuries? That tapestry's been in the family for four centuries. So he's been with this family for four centuries. Well, let me ask you about something you just said about he was, like, raised this way. You know, creature has seemingly been very influenced by living with several generations of the family with the last name Black. He hates mudbloods. He is so upset that Sirius and his crew are taking up residence in the house. So, do all house elves kind of adopt the opinions and traits of their masters? Because Dobby wasn't like that with, uh, despite being with the Malfoys. He wasn't. Not sure why. Is Dob- Dobby the out- Dob- we know Dobby is kind of the outlier. Yeah, he's an oddball. <laughs> like, he is the one who likes being free, and the other elves just can't even, you know, fathom the concept of that. I think Dobby's was a little bit. He was with the Malfoys. He knows what life was like while Voldemort was in power. And then when Voldemort was gone, the Malfoys kind of, sort of, cleaned their act up and pretended to be on the right side of things. And then when he saw things starting to go south again, he was like, I think I should put a stop to this. He was going to do something about it. You know, oh, they're going to kill Harry Potter. We need to, I need to make sure that doesn't happen because we don't want Voldemort coming back. Like, I feel like he, he was raised in that household, but he did see the change. But Dobby again, that's that's again that's outlier behavior mm-hmm. to me because even mo- I think most house elves that that's, would see something like that wouldn't take the the drastic steps that Dobby took. I don't feel like house elves leave their house very often. I mean, maybe they might be sent to pick up something from the store, or whatever. Dry cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> Wizards don't use dry cleaners. Okay. And, or like, uh, Winky went to the World Cup, Quidditch mm. World Cup for some reason. We don't really know He's why. Saving seats. <laughs> Just saving seats. Um, so I don't feel like they leave their house very much, so they don't get much exposure. How would he know anything else? I think you'd probably take them, like, if you went on vacation or something. Like, you take the nanny with you. Yeah, but they would then just stay at the house you're staying at. Yeah. I don't feel like... And then they're exposed, even if they're exposed to other wizards, they're exposed to your, like, the family's friends, mm-hmm. who probably share very similar beliefs. I'm not saying he's not a hateful little thing, but <laughs> how would he know better? So most elves, you think, kind of adopt the 
the traits of their owners. I feel like if they didn't, they wouldn't stick around. Like, they wouldn't be kept around very long either. Mm-hmm. You know? If every time she's the mistress of the house said something about filthy mudbloods, and the house elf looked at her like, what is? what did you just say? She, he'd be gone. You know, he'd be like, oh, no. Or... You don't be agree with me. Beheaded, which they yeah apparently they, apparently that's the, a thing. Uh, some of the families uh, when the elf gets too old, they just chop their heads off. Yeah, you don't need them anymore. Uh, Creature is just openly rude and hateful, and but he also has a kind of a secret mission, personal mission, doesn't he? And it relates to some of the family heirlooms and artifacts in the house. Yeah, Talk about that a little bit. He's He says he's just cleaning, which there's lots of comments have made about how he clearly hasn't been cleaning. <laughs> you, ain't, you haven't been cleaning nothing. <laughs> in a very long time. Um, But really, he's stashing things. Things that he's he thought, thinks that his mistress really valued, that she wouldn't want to see thrown out. Because a lot of the stuff is getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. Or like completely broken, like mm-hmm. said, Sirius just threw the china into a bag and was don't want this because it. All, most of the things in this house are heirlooms that are related to the hateful history of this family, mm-hmm. and there's really no no need, no place for that. No, you don't even. It's almost like they don't even want like the energy of it. In the house, you know, just like that dark, evil uh, energy of it. They want to, like, purge the house of, you know, the the uh, dark history of the family with the last name Black. These, this kind of relates to, like, in ancient times when they had the, the noble families. Mm-hmm. And the families that were superior to everyone else. And your last name made a big difference. If you were of that household, of that line, you were important. So I feel like they were this way, you know, with the pure blood, pure blood line. And they wanted their name to mean something. Or, well, they thought their name meant something. And so they put it on everything. Everything has their crest on it and their name on it. And so I think that's just part of it. And, well serious that we talked about we'll get to you know he doesn't consider himself part of that family anymore so he doesn't these things don't hold any value for him and the fact that his parents loved those things more than they loved him is why he wants to throw it all out yeah it has no no personal meaning to him or anything like that They're stuck with Creature, though. They can't set Creature free because he knows all of the plans Mm -hmm. of the Order. That's one of the things about being a house elf is you're kind of a fly on the wall for everything that happens. And you kind of talked about, you know, Dobby seeing the the changes in the the Malfoys and being aware of of everything that was going on and potentially going on and needing to uh, keep Harry safe because of that. But plus the fact that Sirius said that putting, if they just let they freed Creature, gave him a sock or something. If Creature got put into the outside world after being in this house for so long, it would just overwhelm him to the point that his brain would explode. Or he said even just, I think, just the idea of it. Like, you tell him that you're going to send him out of the house and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, he just can't. This is all he's ever known. And, and he's been there alone for so long. I wonder who he said his like racist stuff to while, <laughs> while he was there by himself. The paintings. Uh, one of the heirlooms that can't be thrown away because it's apparently been magically glued to the wall is the family tree of the family with the last name Black. Sirius kind of goes through the family tree that's mounted permanently on the wall, and we learn a lot about the family's heritage and Sirius's place in it. Uh, what were some of the highlights of this family tree discussion that kind of stood out to you highlights or lowlights yep yep <laughs> um well the highlight is tonks yep so tonks is related to it's a serious serious's cousin mm-hmm. her mother 
is with sister, sisters, sisters with Bellatrix and Narcissa. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's just a th- strange threesome yeah. right there. Sirius is also related to Bellatrix the Strange, one of the Death Eaters that he was in Azkaban with. Mm-hmm. And then Narcissa is Malfoy's mother. She married Lucius Malfoy. Sirius is related to the Malfoys as well. <laughs> Apparently he's related to the Weasleys, but you won't find that link on the tree. But it's very distant. Mm-hmm. But he kind of said, kind of like I was saying about the, the noble households back when it was kingdoms and stuff, they all were, they wanted to keep that pure bloodline, so they're and so they were very limited yeah. on their choices. Yeah, he, so. said, he said something like the option. There weren't a lot of options if you wanted to keep yeah. the bloodline pure. So you had to. So yeah. if there's an evil person out there, you're probably related to him. Probably. <laughs> but certain people that didn't agree with the family's biased opinions were burned out of the family mm-hmm. tree. Apparently he had an uncle that was kind to him and gave him money after the family disowned him. Yeah, it's cool stuff. uncle. Cool uncle. Cool He's uncle gone. On the Crossed off. Burned off. Whatever. tree. Uh, we learned that Sirius ran away from home at 16. And also that Sirius had a brother that joined Voldemort's ranks and died while in the service of Voldemort yes. as well. So he says he had a brother. He makes a comment about how he was too soft to like go against the family or something. He makes a comment about his soft nature. Mm-hmm. Or I guess. He just couldn't, you know, not stand up for himself, couldn't stand on his own, mm-hmm. had to, he meant by soft. But then he goes and joins Voldemort, and I'm like, hmm, I don't feel like that's the place for somebody who is, like... Maybe he meant, like, that his brother was more, like, lost in need of direction. And you, you, you've probably seen read lots of books and seen lots of movies where the character who's kind of directionless gets recruited to the dark side, you know, gets recruited to, to the evil side. Uh, we even kind of saw that in the Fantastic Beast movie with uh, Queenie. Mm-hmm. At the... Queenie's a witch in love with a muggle, but knowing that she would never be allowed to marry a muggle because of the rules back then, and she's kind of out of options. And mm-hmm. she's kind of like, what do I do now? Well, the bad guy's offering to fix that. The bad guy's offering to give me what I want. And I do I necessarily want to go with the bad guy? No. But I also am kind of out of options here. And I'm kind of in need of direction. And maybe Sirius's brother is just kind of like, what a, what do I do? What a, how do I make mom happy? How do I you know live up to this the, this family legacy? This how you know they like you said they think they're so important. What am I doing that's important? Here's an option. You know this this dark lord believes in all the same things that my family believes in. I could go, it's like going and joining the army. A lot of people that don't have a direction, they go and join the army and they, you know, hopefully find a purpose there. He's joining the bad army. And maybe, so maybe it doesn't really line up with his personality, but maybe it was like the only option that he really felt like he had to live up to what he felt he needed to do uh, to stay with the family legacy or stay with, to be true to the family name. And he said, Sirius said that his parents were all for Voldemort, at least his ideas, until things started getting a little messy. And then they were like, oh, whoa, no, 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 no. whoa, whoa, <laughs> like we're here for like the we'll, racism and stuff. We'll but... chop off, off our house elves, elves <laughs> heads, but you're going a little too far. You, we got to draw the line somewhere. It's like we're here for the racism, but we're not here for the, you know, we're going to be killing people. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I they, thought it was a strange combination of Didn't they say that there was somebody in the ministry that, like, wanted to make it legal to, like, 
hunt muggles or something. Yeah, it was like, like, that. like his great aunt or something. His great grandmother, <laughs> Sirius's great grandmother, was wanted to make it legal to hunt muggles. She's the old racist lady in the nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> that nurse is stealing from me. It's kind of a mir- miracle that Sirius is not just a horrible, miserable person, isn't he? Because <laughs> there's not a lot of th- <sighs> things in that family tree that were worthwhile. There were a couple. Yeah, not a lot, though. So he had that cool uncle, uh-huh. and, you know, maybe Tonks' his mom, and yep. then he went to school, and he somehow got sorted into Gryffindor, and I think that's really what saved him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they got put him to Slytherin, he probably wouldn't, you know, have been friends with James and Ramus and everybody, and he'd make some Slytherin friends and just follow along in the family legacy. Yeah. Like I said, it's still kind of a miracle that he just didn't turn out to be a big piece of garbage. <laughs> uh, another 20 pages of cleaning. Yeah. But at least all this cleaning had kept Harry's mind off his hearing that's upcoming for his possible expulsion from Hogwarts, which apparently is sooner than I had realized. Yeah. Well, it, like a week passed. Mm-hmm. While we were, we, it was but I didn't, realize it was, I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah. You know, I thought it was... You know, we still had months to go or something like that, but nope, the hearing's coming up. Big uh, uh, fork in the road in Harry's life, potentially. And he's, now he's all stressed again. He want, Arthur's going to take him to work with him, so he'll be there and ready for the hearing. Sirius is not going to get to go, Mm-mm. not even as a dog. Too and dangerous. According to Dumbledore. Harry says he doesn't care. I mean, he would prefer not to be guilty and get his want snapped, but he doesn't care what happens. He's not going back to the Jersey. He'll mm-hmm. stay with Sirius. And maybe the, you know, when Sirius talked about running away from home at 16, maybe that kind of put the bug in his ear. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, I, that's an option. That's an option. <laughs> I, I just, can do that. I could just run away. Uh, and that's pretty much it for chapter six. Uh, we do have an email. Ooh, you uh, before we get that? into that, um, I have a question. Uh, Dan in St. Louis. Dan, hi, Dan. Uh, What's your question? Uh, Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And this was a question that I asked you off air yesterday. Oh. Uh, sorry. It was about apparating. And while the twins were apparating all over the house in, in this chapter, it kind of made me think of the previous chapters when... The rescue crew came to Privet Drive to get Harry out of there. And they said they couldn't just apparate to their final destination. They had to fly there. And the reason they said they couldn't apparate is because Harry was too young. So I know that the twins are older, so they have learned and been taught how to, to apparate. But how does apparation really work? Can... Somebody who's like experienced, like any of the experienced wizards that were in Harry's rescue crew, can they just like take a person and like a Nightcrawler and the X Men? He can take somebody and like teleport them, or does the does everybody who is in the process need to be at least some wizarding level in order to make sure nobody arrives like missing a foot or something like that? Um, I can't think of a time specifically and know for sure that Harry was underage, but I'm pretty sure that he does with Dumbledore occasionally. Um, so I'm pretty sure that you can, you can do it with a wizard who's not been trained, who is younger, as long as you know. There are hazards of doing it, so, I mean, it would be more dangerous to do it with somebody else. Also would have cut about... Uh, 20 pages of flying out of the book, and we can't have that. No, 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 no. Um, so it might not be worth the risk, unless you're a very powerful, experienced wizard like Dumbledore. But I think it had more to do with, since he was underage, he has the trace on him. It's why he got in trouble for doing the Patronus charm, and they knew exactly when he did it. And, you know, the ministry knew the second he did it, there was, they were sending a letter to his house. 
So I don't think they wanted anyone to know they were moving him. Definitely didn't want anyone to know where they were moving him to. If they could trace Harry using, you know, being touched with magic from Privet Drive to the hideout, that would be bad. They wouldn't want the Ministry to know where the hideout is. Even though they were at the park right across the street, that would still draw way too much attention. Why was Harry at this park? I was just wondering. It just kind of made me think, like, why can't... I don't know. Kelly will probably tell us next week that Oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> that, actually... that no, 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 no. You can't do it unless you've been properly trained. Which may be the case, but I don't think so. Well, we do have a, a real email. Real email! From Ben in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hi, Ben. Ben writes in to Broomsticks. I think I've been to Lincoln, Nebraska. Broomsticks.butter, but for a dog show? Dog No, room? no. It was that plant thing, that the plant symposium. I went to with Chelsea, hmm. and we got in like three in the morning. That sounds, all that sounds awful. Plant symposium three in the morning. And the the hotel person looked at us like we were insane. They were like, "What do you want?" And we're like, "To check in." <laughs> like like no one's ever gotten to this hotel. Nobody's it was it was a nice hotel, hotel, I guess. Maybe people don't pull in at three in the morning at nice hotels. I don't know. Well, Ben writes in broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. Hi, guys. How do you think Sirius was able to inherit his family's home if he had been disowned by his mother? He still had a key? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he could just still get in. I don't think, like, anybody was, like, legally aware that he entered the premises. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just, his parents didn't expect him to be the last living member of the family. Mm -hmm. And so they never bothered to like make it in the will that, hey, anyone but him, or if there isn't anybody but him, then do this with the property. I don't know. I got a theory. You got a theory? Yeah. Well, and that, that. And it's not that he had a key? No. And now, sometimes I have the advantage over you because I see these emails sometimes days, sometimes hours, sometimes weeks in advance. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you'll give me a heads up. And I, and I just kind of drop the time them in your lap and say, go. So my theory is <laughs> when Sirius went to Azkaban, mm -hmm. that made his mom so happy. <laughs> That she uh, put him back in the will, and that's how he ended like, up with the Oh, kids. he murdered he a bunch of people. finally lived up <laughs> to the family name and the family cause. My boy done good. Well, also, maybe. Um, well, there's also the theory, you know, the, the rumor that it was him that betrayed James and Lily. My boy done good. <laughs> But maybe just the fact that he was in Azkaban and they're like, oh, well, he's never getting out of there. So we don't have to do any changes to the will. You know, we don't have to worry about it. Like, he's never getting out of Azkaban. I think going into Azkaban <laughs> put him on the good side of his mom. And and that's why. So. Well, Creature doesn't seem to think so. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Creature's super racist. And he thinks that Sirius is the worst. Yep. Because he's helping out the... Mudblood. The blat, the the blats, the brats, and the mud. The brats and the mudbloods. Uh, well, that's going to do it. Thanks, Ben, for the email. You can send us your emails broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail .com, or uh, send us a message on Twitter at uh, broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter b, no spaces, no underscores. Or like us on Facebook and send us a message on there or a post on there, and we'll read it online. Jess, you're raising your hand. You have a yes. question. Um, Lincoln, Nebraska, we, we left the hotel and walked to some little bar, and that's where I got the macaroni and cheese hamburger. How was it? It was a hamburger that had, like, another, almost like the shape of a patty, mac and cheese on top of the burger. So it was a burger patty, and the mac and cheese was so like the shaped cheese, into a patty? Yeah, and the cheese was kind of 
Interesting. Burnt a little bit on, you know how it kind of solidifies the cheese. You, you ever had a juicy a Lucy? No. You know what that is? No. It's like a, a a hamburger, but they cook it with like the cheese, like inside it. So, like when you make the patty, you like take two thin patties basically, and you put like your your cheese in the middle. You usually use like different kinds of cheese, and then you put the patties together, and then grill it that way. And so it's kind of you know the cheese is is inside and so it kind of you know keeps the inside from from ever you know being dried out and every bite uh kind of has like the, the gooey cheesy uh taste to it i've never had that but my grandparents would get burgers from like the meat department in mm. Deerbergs, and those would have like chopped up onions and peppers mm -hmm. and nothing that I would want but things like that like mm -hmm. in formed into yeah. the burger apparently so that's the fancy, think of that. apparently that's the fancy way to do it is to I guess because it kind of I got like the cheap frozen patties in the refrigerator and freezer we could drill some holes in them yeah. <laughs> drop some shredded cheese in there that's how classy we are yep, we're super classy here at the palatial rhino estates and you're super classy if you listen to this podcast we thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, this is the uh, obligatory second show of the month that we had to do to keep our New Year's resolution uh, here in July of 2022. But next week, big stuff happening. If you are going to be in the Chicagoland area on August 5th, 5th, 5th. <laughs> Fifth. Fifth, sixth, and seventh. Well, fifth is the important day. Head on over to McCormick Place and head on over to C2E2. Uh, C2E2 is like the Chicago Comics. That's the two C's. Entertainment Expo, I think. Chicago Comics Entertainment Expo. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is like the 10th or 11th one. Um, and I can't remember if you and i went to the first one or if you and i went to the second one and we've been to everyone since i think we went to the first one i think we did too i think we've been to all of them there was like one year we weren't gonna go I, that might have been the year that, no well, i don't know well this uh next week we will have been to two this year because yeah <laughs> they had one uh back in no that was in december oh no so technically right. it's a new year yeah that's true that's true. Technically. But, it hasn't, but it's been it hasn't less been than a, 12 yeah, months. It's been less than 12 months. But we're excited to go back to Chicago because we are going to be on stage in the yard at C2E2 on Friday, August the 5th. Yes. Friday, August the 5th at 1 o'clock. We will be in the yard. It's the big area right in the middle of the convention hall. So you don't have to go to any special... Can we panic now? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm, already, got a few I'm already panicking. Panicking. I'm already panicking because my big thing is is the technology gonna work? Is the tech is is the tech the, can't hold up? We're gonna need the internet for our trivia that we're running. We're gonna need people's phones to be able to access either Wi-Fi or the cell network to be able to submit their answers. Because the game that we're doing is kind of similar to Jackbox. It's not Jackbox. It's a different site. It's a teacher site called Kahoot. And I do a weekly trivia for friends and family on, on Kahoot. And it works out great. But that's because we've got decent internet and decent... But they're also having Jackbox in the yard. That's true. And they did that last year. That's true. I remember they had Jackbox in the yard. Which we thought was weird because not... Most of the Jackbox games have a limit on how many people can play. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't And we have a limit on ours, too. It's 2,000. 2,000? Mm -hmm. 2,000. So, so if you're 2,001, be, be, one of the, be, be one of the first 2,000 people in the yard at 1 o'clock. Maybe even show up a few minutes early. Hey, if you show up a few minutes early, I might be uh, giving out some swag. How about that? Yes. If you are a listener, definitely come up and say hi to us. you got to prove you're a listener, though. So you got to say, like, uh, yeah, I'm a li listener. I know who Jennifer is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be like, point her out. She's not going to be there. No, she be hates us. She's but like, everybody else Jennifer. is going to be there. I know Jennifer. She lives in Orange County. Of course I listen to it. I know who Anastasia is. I know who Catherine is. Anastasia's going to be there with Kelly us. I know who Kelly is. I know who Jane is. 
You know, if you say you know those people, then you obviously listen to the show. Yes. And we'll have several of them with us. Anastasia and Kelly and Catherine are all going to be there. Mm-hmm. In the flesh. Mm-hmm. Helping out. We're going to mm-hmm. put them to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. Friday, August 5th, C2E2. Uh, hey, if you're going to see uh, Elton John at Soldier Field on Friday night, come a little early. Go over to C2E2. Come see us. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing trivia. Uh, we're going to be doing prizes for the top three, but we're also going to be doing a ton of participation prizes as well. So even if you finish in 2000th place, you'll have a chance to win some, and not just, I'm not talking about just like a, you know, a sticker or something like that. I'm talking good prizes. I got some good stuff. Good you've seen, stuff. You've seen the, the prizes. So, you're going to have to carry around for the rest of the day, so sorry. Yeah. Sorry you win. Congratulations. Or run it back to your car or your hotel room or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, we've got, you know, just we've got copies of every single book. We've got uh, just so much good Le- Lego Harry Potter stuff. We've got mugs and, and all, just all kinds Everything. of stuff. Just so much stuff. Hardback, like, illustrated books. We've got so much stuff to give away. So, uh, bring your phones. <laughs> and the little charging box. Make sure you got a good make charge. Sure, make sure your phone is charged. That's uh, Catherine's thing. She usually, her phone usually poops out about halfway through the trivia. Oh, yeah. If you're listeners, we're giving you the inside scoop here. Make sure your phone is charged. Mm-hmm. Make sure it doesn't go to sleep on you automatically because if it falls asleep during the game, yeah, sometimes it messes with It kicks with, you out. Yeah, sometimes it kicks you out of the game. <clears throat> and if you lose your spot, you might not be able to get it back. You might not be able to get your, recoup your points. Yeah, it'll make you start over at zero. I That's no good. I'm just hoping all the technology holds up. Um, I think that as far as the hosting, as far as the the interaction, um, we're fine with that. We're good with yeah, that. we're fine. But the technology is just, just what it's got me panicking a little bit. I don't trust the technology. Can't control it, though. But, you know, let's say there is no internet. We'll do something. Mm-hmm. I'll we'll just call a couple of people up or something, ask them questions. I'll, I'll go buy a Harry Potter Trivial Pursuit from the Hasbro table or no, something. No, I'll just take my cards with us. <laughs> and I'll just I'll just read questions and have people, you know, we'll pass around a microphone or something like that. We'll have Kelly pick somebody. There you have go. Pass a microphone. We'll do something. We're going to give away all those prizes one way or another. Hopefully we can do it the way we want to with the interactive because the the trivia is so much fun when you when you pl- the, you see the question on your phone, you, you touch the answer, your point's immediately given to you, you see the leaderboard go up and down on the big screen. That has the potential to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we've seen some trivias at C2E2 that aren't... If you're listening to this way <laughs> in the future, you can just go ahead and go now because none of this applies yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, it was great. It's done and over with. Yeah. Yeah, like I already won at that trip. Yeah, that's great. I walked away with a ton of stuff. So we've seen some some ways not to do it, and we're trying to make it as interactive as possible. We're trying to make it as inclusive as possible. We're trying to make it as fun as possible, and we're trying to give away as much stuff as possible. Uh, we will have, of course, you know, free buttons, and I'm going to have some free T-shirts and stuff like that that you don't even have to play to get. We'll just have those. But uh, like I said, even if you finish in last place, you have a chance to win some cool prizes so come maybe a few minutes early one o'clock in the yard c2e2 mccormick place friday august 5th if you don't have your tickets uh i think tickets are starting they were saying on the website that at least the three-day tickets are starting to get yeah get down there down there so i wouldn't maybe wait until you get to mccormick place go to c2e2.com and get your tickets and that's going to wrap it up this week uh jessica anything to add about chapter six the noble and most ancient house of black. Mm, no, I feel like you should tell creature your catchphrase, but I don't think he'll listen. I don't think he'll listen either. But I, hopefully, you guys will listen. <coughs> and the catchphrase is, of course, be a witch, be a wizard, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk or a git. Jess always adds or a git. I think I need to add that like. Little dot 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 at the bottom of the the shirt that I that I have, <laughs> like in another color, so yeah. it can be my voice or a get. 
forget. Uh, but thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We'll see you in Chicago, baby. Bye. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town. Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around. I love it that you bottom dollar, you lose the blues in Chicago, Chicago, the town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down.